Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. When people forgive, it's more like, it's more like probation. Like, hey, listen, I'll forgive you but I won't forget. Okay, that's probation. I'll forgive you, but I won't forget. Listen, when God forgives, he doesn't put you on probation, amen? When God forgives, he never brings it up again. He doesn't change his mind. Nobody can talk him out of it. And when he forgives, again, wholly and completely, past, present, and future forgiveness. Psalm 103, verse 12, I think you know it. As far as the east is from the, where y'all at? As far as the east is from the, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. North and south, north and south, 12,000 miles approximately. Go north 12,000 miles and you'll begin to travel south 12,000 miles and then go north again. I don't know about you, but I want my sins further than 12,000 miles. Jesus said, as far as the east is from the west, why? Because there's no distance between the east and the west. Your sins are forgiven and clean forever. Well, in 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 38, Elisha came to Gilgal, rolled away. The land is suffering from a great famine, and all the sons of the prophet are sitting with Elisha. Will you look at it? There's a famine. The famine is of food. Why? Because of the disobedience of God's people. You see, at this time, Israel had turned from the true and living God, and they turned to false gods. And it was Amos, in Amos chapter 8, in verse 11 and 12, says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine on the land. It's not a famine of bread, nor of thirst for water. Here's the famine. Are you looking at it? But of the hearing of the words of the Lord, they shall wander from sea to sea, from the north to the east, and they shall run to and fro, seeking the word of the Lord, but it shall not be found. When a nation or an individual turns away from the Lord, that will bring God's judgment. Watch it. The judgment will also affect all believers. You know, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said it rains on the just as well as the unjust. So the school of the prophets, believers are experiencing the famine just like everybody else. The famine, note saints, didn't break the prophets. It actually drew them closer. And when people reject God's word, listen, long enough, they stand before God with their fingers in their ears long enough and mock God and say, I don't want to hear you, God. God will often send something to wake them up. God will send him something to to wake him up. I mentioned on Sunday, were you with me? I mentioned on Sunday that I did not know, the question comes to me often and even still today, 
Is the coronavirus, COVID-19, the judgment of God upon America? Um, one, it's a worldwide virus, so that's that. Two, I don't know, as I mentioned on Sunday, I tell you now, I don't know whether it's a judgment of God. I do know, and I do believe that God is speaking. I do believe that God is trying to get our attention as a nation because we, like Israel in our nation, don't be put to sleep. We have turned our hearts against the Lord. We have turned our backs on God in so many ways. That's a whole nother sermon. We don't have time. We have turned our backs on God. Somebody say, amen. You're right about it, pastor. I know. And when people turn their backs on God, God will send them a wake up call. The coronavirus, I don't know it's God's judgment, but I will tell you, God is speaking. And I do believe it is a wake up call. Look at verse 39. We got to move forward. Elisha said, put on a big pot. Are y'all looking at verse 39? Say amen. Are you home? Say amen. Put on a big pot and let's make some stew and feed the prophets. And one of the prophets went into the field. Watch that. And he found a wild vine. So one of the prophets goes into the field to gather some herbs and he finds a wild vine. This wild vine, you can write this in the margins of your Bible, is known as uh, wild cucumber. Wild cucumber. This vine grew in that area. It's very bitter. You can Google very bitter taste, caused severe digestive problems and death. So this one prophet, he goes and he chops up the vine. He goes and gets as many of these wild vines, throws them in a basket. He brings them back. He chops it up, puts it in the stew. They serve poison soup. And while they're eating, one of the prophets said, Elisha, or man of God, there is death in the pot. So, saints, we go from death in the land to death in the pot. Now, watch this. This man was sincere. He thought he was doing a good thing. I'm sure he did. He thought the food that he gathered was good, but almost sent everybody to the ER to get their stomachs pumped. His intentions were good, but the road to hell is paved with Good intentions. It's not enough to be sincere. A person can be sincere in what they believe, but they can be sincerely wrong, right? The Bible says, prove all things and hold fast to that which is good. So watch this picture. Here's the picture. The prophet calls out to the prophet of God, Elisha, for help, because only God has the antidote to death. You know where I'm going. Only God has the antidote to death. Now, let's review the story. There's a famine and people are hungry and dissatisfied. One of the students wanders off. He finds a wild vine, wild gourds. He's excited. He finds something that will satisfy. He fills up the basket. He brings them back. He cuts everything up in tiny little pieces. He mixes it in the soup. And then lastly, he gives it to others to eat. And they all learn What this guy ran off, please tune in right here. Listen to me close. They all learned what this guy ran off and found, which was initially the answer to the problem, turns out to be death in the pot. The student, write this down, are the people. The field in scripture always represents the world. The world. The wild vines that produce death 
speaks of worldly philosophies. Now watch this. First John chapter two, verse 15 and 16. Bible students, I know you know it well. Do not love the world or the things in the world. For if anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world. Y'all come on, read it with me. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Are you reading it? Is not of the father, but is of the world. Three great enemies of the faith. Look at it. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. These are the three great enemies of our faith, of the Christian faith, the world, the flesh and the devil. The world refers to the world system, the world that is anti-Christ and anti-God. This world system tries to put pressure on the Christians to conform. And God looks at the world system as corrupt and dangerous and polluted. The world that is anti-God and anti-Christ is dangerous and polluted. The world, the flesh, the Bible talks about the flesh. The Bible is talking about our fallen nature, the nature that all men. Are y'all still with me? Say amen. The nature. Y'all say amen. You still with me? The nature that all men inherited from Adam. That's what we're talking about. It's a fallen nature. It's this nature that wants to control the body and control the mind. The flesh is the enemy of our faith because the flesh fights against the spirit. The world, the flesh, and finally, the devil is an enemy. He goes by many names. Lucifer, Beelzebub, Satan, the prince of the power of the air, the accuser of the brethren. Many names. The devil is an enemy to God and the devil, you guessed it, is an enemy to you because he opposes anything that is godly or godlike. Now, that's all bad news. But here's the good news, saints. Jesus Christ has defeated Satan when he died on the cross. Somebody say amen. Jesus Christ defeated Satan when he rose from the grave and he stole. The Bible says he stole the keys of death and hell. Jesus has gotten the victory over the enemy. Here's the good news. Jesus is coming. Say amen. And we're out of here. That's why I'm not worried. That's why, quite honestly, be honest with you, I've never been worried. And I'm never going to worry. Because this world is not my home. I am looking for Jesus Christ to come back and take us out of here before the great tribulation. We'll talk about these things a little bit later. I'm getting ahead of myself. But that's good news for us that we're out of here. The bad news for Satan. He knows Jesus is coming. Amen. Satan is angry about that. He knows he only has a short period of time. Satan knows that. He knows that God is in complete control of the affairs of the world. He knows that God is omniscient and omnipotent and omnipresent. Satan is not omniscient and omnipotent and I'm not present. Omniscient meaning know all things. Omnipotent means all power and omnipresent means he's everywhere at once. Satan can't be everywhere. You know, I've heard two people in different times in the same day tell me, oh, Satan is at my house. Look, Satan ain't at your house because somebody just called me and told me Satan was at their house. He can't be everywhere at once. And by the way, he's not the opposite of God. He is beneath God. Somebody say amen. And Satan can't change the plan and the purpose of God. The Bible says his number 
Thank you, honey. His Bible, the Bible says his number is 666. The mark of the beast is 666. And Satan can't change that to 667. And he can't change it to 665. You see, he can't change the plan and the purpose of God. Well, look at verse 39. The man puts wild poisonous shrubs in, you know what I thought of? Hobo soup. You guys ever had hobo soup? Okay, just, you guys ever had, okay, hobo soup. I don't know why I thought of hobo soup. I, I think somebody made it for us one time. Somebody made it for us one time. And hobo soup, um, you should go read the history. It's kind of interesting that it got its name from people. During, I want to say it was during the Great Depression. People were coming together and bringing various items of whatever they had, beans and corn and whatever you had, you bought it to whomever was designated. And then they put it all in one pot. And that, that was a history. They put it all in one pot and then and they called it hobo soup. Because And even some people who were homeless or sleeping on the street or whatever, it's really interesting. But the hobo soup is like putting a bunch of stuff in there. And, and I get the impression that this soup... And work with me. I get, I get the impression this soup is kind of like whatever is thrown in there. He brings this, the shrubs, throws it in there. The prophets, they eat a little and they begin to tell Elisha, there's death in the pot. Do I need to tell you, saints, listen to me close. Do I need to tell you that there is a lot of wild vines in the church today? There's a lot of people Keep your pen. There's a lot of people mixing a lot of stuff up in the church today. Am I right about it? A lot of people feeding from pots that have death in them. What you talking about? What you talking about, Pastor? Legalism in the church, death in the pot. Winds of doctrine, death in the pot. False teaching, death in the pot. Prosperity teaching, death in the pot. Prosperity teaching is death because prosperity teaching causes us to sink our hearts into this world. It causes you to be so earthly minded you are no heavenly good. It causes you to look at this world as if it's your home. We just talked about it. Jesus is coming and we're out of here. Christians, we are strangers and we're pilgrims passing through. But when somebody tells you that God's going to bless you, you know, health, wealth, prosperity, name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, whatever they tell you, the prosperity gospel causes you to sink your heart and rest your heart here on the earth. And doesn't the Bible tells us that we ought to set our minds on things above and not on the things of the earth? Right. Political correctness. Death in the pot. Liberalism. Death in the pot. Allowing the culture to change our speech. Death in the pot. Redefining words. Death in the pot. There are many laws that people are seeking to get passed in our government now. Death in the pot. Seeking to get to heaven any other way than Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Death in the pot. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus said, I am the true vine. Not like the wild vines. Not like the wild cumber, cum, the cucumbers. But Jesus is the true vine. And we are the branches. All of these things 
will only produce death in the pot. Well, look at verse 41. They said, man of God. Y'all still with me? Say amen. They said, man of God, there's death in the pot. And note, Elijah said, you looking at it? This is good, y'all. This is good. Elijah said, bring some flour. And they poured in the flour and everyone had a bowl of soup. Note, to get rid of the poison, this is very important that you understand this. To get rid of the poison, notice Elijah did not say, get me a strainer. And let's pour the soup into the strainer, into another pot, hoping to grab the poison, leftover residue in the strainer. He didn't say do that. What'd they do? He said, if there's poison in the pot, what did they do? They poured in what, saints? Flour. Church, in order to get rid of the death that is in the pot, in order to get rid of the poison that's in the church, we need to put the good stuff in. Elijah would say to them, look, don't worry about all the straining and all this. All you got to do, there's death in the pot, is put the good stuff in. What's the good stuff, pastor? The good stuff is, watch it, write it down, the word of God. Pour in the word of God. That's the good stuff. The word of God neutralizes poison. Am I right about it? Neutralizes poison. The clear teaching of God's word drives out poison. The more you know, listen to me, this is how it works. The more you know about God's word, the closer you are to Jesus. And the more you are equipped to neutralize the poison that the enemy seeks to pour into your pot. That was good. Actually, I'm working hard, y'all. That was good. The more you know the word, the more you're equipped, the better you're equipped to deal with the poison that comes to your life. And the more you know Jesus. It was Jesus who said, I've come in the volume. The book is written to me. It was Jesus who said to the Pharisees, the religious people of the day, He said, you search the scriptures, John 5, 39. Jesus said, you search the scriptures and in them you think, in them, in the Bible, you think you have life. But they, the Bible, are they the Bible that testifies of me, he said. So he said to the religious people, you guys read the Bible, but you miss me. Because the scriptures speak of me. From Genesis to Revelation, Calvary Chapel, you know this. From Genesis to Revelation speaks of Jesus. And if you are reading the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and you do not see Jesus, then you are reading it wrong. Say amen. You're reading it wrong. Search the scriptures, Jesus said, they testify of me. Remember Jesus said, I came in the volume of a book? That means as you study the Bible and learn the scriptures, you're going to see Jesus. Jesus is seen again in every book of the Bible, in the entire book. Pastors, leaders, Christians have the responsibility to pour the word of God out, which neutralizes. God put it on Elisha's heart to put some good flour into the pot of stew. And what was once so bad, it brought death, was now made good. The unwholesome was replaced with the wholesome. You know, some people think that they have to search through every detail of their lives to root out the bad things and then to give Jesus room to come in. That's not true. 
When you come to God with a desire to know God and to serve God and to do his will, he pours himself into you to a degree, watch, that the evil has to flee. Did you pick that up? You don't have to dig. You know, people tell you, well, go back into your past and go back. And, you know, you need to get it right before you come to church. Or you need to get it all right before you come to God. Listen, no, you don't. You can come to God with all your baggage, with all your problems, with all your issues. And when you take Jesus in your heart and you want God to fill your life, I'm trying to help you today. If you want God to fill your life, you just say, Lord, come into my life. He pours himself in you. And when he pours himself in you and you fill up with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, all the wickedness and the evil stuff has to flee. Because water and oil don't mix. And Christ and Satan does not mix. And faith and fear, what? They don't mix. You know that. When Jesus comes in. When you get rid of the, your, your solutions, here you go. When you get rid of your solutions and trust God, the stew is healed, lives are healed, churches are healed. This man, watch this, he goes out to get the vines. He goes out, he, bring, he gets the wrong vines, obviously, made people sick. And let me give you to you early. I'm going to give it to you early. Jump down to verse 42. Look at verse 42. The man, look at verse 42. You looking at it? Say, I'm looking at it. The man came from that place and brought, you, you can have at it. Shalisha, Baal Shalisha. And look at it and brought the man of God. The man of God is who saints? Elisha, bread of the first fruits, 20 loaves of barley bread and newly ripened great grains in his backpack, in his nap pack. And he said, give it to the people that they may eat. So watch this. This young prophet goes out trying to do his own thing, to collect his own food, to take care of his own self, to trust in his own resources, if you will, work with me. And God had it worked out all the time. God had it worked out already. God was going to give them food. God was going to bring them food. You understand? So when we get rid of our solutions and we trust in God, churches are healed and lives are healed. I think of Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people, y'all say amen. If my people, not the world, not the government, not even the president, if my people, believers, whomever that might be, who are called by my name. Can y'all read this with me? Everybody, you at home, you at home, in your kitchen, in your living room, read it with me, come on. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn where you at from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sin and heal their land. So this man came. He came in his own effort, getting his own items and God had it worked out. Let me just give you two things. I'm done. Let me give you two things. Number one, listen, everyone has to decide who's going to make their soup. Write that down. You coming along, you'll get it. Everyone has to decide who's going to make their soup. You? Or are you going to allow the Lord to provide and do it his way? 
And the second thing I want to tell you, and finally, every person has to decide what pot are they going to eat from. The pot that is filled with death. If you don't want death in your pot, you got to be careful to receive counsel from the word of God. Don't go to the world for counsel. Matter of fact, can we have a worship team? We want to sing. Don't go to the world for counsel. Say amen. amen. You go to Jesus. We are Christians. We are believers, right? And we're to receive counsel from the word of God. Every person has to decide who's going to make the soup. And every person has to decide what pot are they going to eat from. Eat from the pot of death or the pot of life. Amen. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 293-0923 That's 1-800-293-0923 You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.